welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. You know, there's a lot of things to love about Christmas. Let me just mention a couple, like the get-togethers. I mean, most of the time, there's some of you that probably have some get-togethers. You're not, okay, y'all already. There are some get-togethers that are enjoyable. Let's put it that way, right? You, get, you don't always get to pick which ones you want to go to, but most of them are enjoyable. There's the excitement over giving gifts. Have, have you uh, discovered that the older you get, it, is, it becomes more exciting to give the unexpected gift than it is to receive the unexpected gift? Anybody? Okay, if you hadn't figured that out, I expect you to bring me gifts next week and you can give them to me and I'll act surprised, all right? And you'll see it, just, it'll bless your socks off. No, I'm, I'm playing. There's the music, there's all this stuff uh, that is so, ex- so exciting. The lights, the jog down memory lane, there's a lot to love. But there is one thing about Christmas that I just need to be honest with you uh, about that I absolutely wholeheartedly, with every fiber of my being, deep down at soul level, I despise about Christmas. Um, I detest it. I loathe it. I hate it. Can y'all tell I don't like it much? It's, can I, it's, it's bad. It's, it's this. It's the process of exchanging something that doesn't fit or was the wrong model. Anybody else? Okay, so I hate that. Like, I don't know what all is, I don't know why I hate it so bad. I don't know if it's the long lines. I don't know if it's the concept that when you walk up to the counter, they look at you suspiciously now as if like you stole it and now you're trying to get money back. I, I, I don't know if it's, the, if it's the aspect of that now I've got to go out and try to find the replacement. Like now I got to go find the one that does fit so the person that gave it to me won't know that I took it back. I got to find the exact model so that, the, you know, I hate I hate that. In fact, uh, this, I need a couch because I'm confessing stuff to you this morning. I just need to tell you that I have been known to uh, keep stuff that doesn't fit and that's the wrong model rather than taking it back. I just leave it in the closet and don't use it so that I don't have anybody else. Okay, like I could have gotten money back, right? But I just leave it. Well, there's this, there's this exchange uh, Christmas exchange, even though I hate all this exchange stuff, there is one Christmas exchange that absolutely is essential to Christmas and to our lives that we must allow to take place. And, and, and so I want us to examine this. I want you to join me in Isaiah in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 9. Uh, we're going to read a passage from that, that chapter, that book, from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah, with no help from songs like Silent Night, and no songs like Mary Did You Know, um, and she did know. Uh, sorry to mess up the song for you, but she did know. <laughs> All right, she knew. All right, so, so without any of that at his disposal, he prophesies about what was going to happen at what we call Christmas. And I want you to notice that uh, he was shockingly accurate. He, he had amazing details. If you patch all the prophecies that Isaiah gives us about Jesus, it was unbelievable how clear he was. 700 years prior to Jesus' arrival, Isaiah gets it right. 
And in his description, he talks to us and makes a statement about a, a Christmas exchange that must take place. And in doing so, he uncovers this fact that Jesus' arrival will turn everything in our lives upside down. We're, we're talking about upside down Christian. It's not wrong on the screen. That's the way it's supposed to be. It's an upside down Christmas. Isaiah prophesies that the Messiah will turn everything upside down. So let's read Isaiah chapter 9 beginning in verse six. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. There will be, these will be his royal titles, wonderful counselor, prince, a mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace, his ever expanding peaceful government will never rush. He will rule with perfect fairness and justice from the throne of his father David. He will bring true justice and peace to all the nations of his arrival this is going to happen and what that arrival does to the condition of our lives. So let me just help you this morning. Can I just be very straight? I'm just going to get straight to the point this morning and tell you what I think this, the truth is from this passage. This is it. Jesus' arrival turns government upside down. All right, so hang on a second because now in the climate we're in right now when, the, when a preacher says government, in fact, when the McDonald's drive through attendant says government, we freak out. We get nervous because we, we want to relegate government to the concept of, that we know of government. Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Freakazoid. All these people out here running around saying they're politicians and they've got it all messed up. If there was ever a day, a climate in which we want to apply this passage of Scripture that he can turn government upside down, we want him to do it right now. As messed up as government has always Always been. Y'all don't think it's any more twisted right now than it's ever been. It's just out in the open now. Yeah, so, so, so now when we read that passage, we want to apply it to what's going on around us. But may I stop just a moment and get you to understand that uh, we've got it messed up a little bit because I don't know that he's talking about the government like we think about government. I, I think he's talking about the government of our lives. Okay, I can't get no help. So, 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 so let me, there, there's only one implication of our government that helps us, and that is if we stop long enough to consider what we look to government to accomplish, which right now my, my, uh, my, my hopes and dreams for our government's accomplishments are very low. They were, it doesn't matter which administration. they've all. It's just been, okay. So just want to make sure we're all, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, this is not a voting, but this, we're not talking about voting right now. I'm just talking about, we don't have high standards for what we expect. Our, we make, we expect all these promises and we don't get much. All right. So, so let me just narrow you down and just say that for most of us, when we start talking about our government, the only benefit when it comes to thinking about what Jesus would accomplish is this. We start talking about government and we can start talking about the fact that they bring order. They're supposed to. Um, they bring health care. They're supposed to. Uh, they 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 bring. Uh, they 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 manage um, uh, mental health services. They're supposed to, right? So so I don't. I'm not saying they do. I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying that's what we think they're supposed to do, and we get angry when they don't. All right. So we look to them correctly or incorrectly to deal with these issues. But I want us to understand that while when Isaiah prophesies 700 years before and says that the government shall be upon Jesus's shoulders, he is talking about the implications for our personal life. 
I recognize he's talking about the government of their day, but I think now, all these thousands of years later, that Isaiah speaks to us, and there's a personal implication that there should be upheaval, there should be an upside-down nature of what takes place in our life when Jesus shows up. So Isaiah declares this, when Jesus arrives, he will take the government on his shoulders. Another way that this can be uh, said is like this. One man said like this. He said, the weight of the world will be upon his shoulders. You missed it. The weight of the world will be upon his shoulders. Let's drill down to us. The full weight of all of our problems can be placed on his shoulders because he was equipped and was sent to bear our problems. Yeah. And even though this exchange has been offered and even though this exchange has been provided, I had to stop this week and wonder how many of us have refused to let go of the weight of our world. Jesus came to turn our world upside down, but so often we won't let him. So I want you to notice something with me in this passage because I think it's necessary. Uh, I, I wrote this morning on my Facebook post, I just got up thinking about this this morning, that during this season, I know it's this way for pastors, I know it's this way for church staff, but I would also submit to you it's probably this way for all of you. That we have this tendency at this time of the season that December is nothing but a blur. Anybody else? December is absolutely a blur. We wake up on December 1st and before we know it, it's March. And it's just this long series of events and activities and parades and presents and I want to say pasta, but that just because it starts with a P and the preacher in me rose up for just a moment, but I don't guess we do pasta at Christmas. I, I just, just porridge, parties, partridges in a pear tree. Man, I blew it. I should have been quicker on my feet. All right. So all of a sudden we wait. And so I wrote this morning that there's this moment in this exchange where we must slow down and put our attention back on what Jesus' arrival does for us. There's a progression here in this passage that we miss. We want Jesus, listen to this very carefully. We want Jesus to operate in his royal capacity. We want him to produce what we expect our rulers to produce. We want him to produce in us wise counsel. We want him to produce in us this, this peace that passes all understanding. We want the results of his government without releasing the rule of our government. And so there's this progression that takes place. We want what he can produce, but we still want to shoulder the responsibility of control. So the only way that Jesus has the ability and the capacity to operate in the authority of his titles and to give us counsel and to bring peace is when we allow him to overthrow our government. I'm, I'm going to help you this morning. I want you all to submit your resignation this morning. I want you to resign from being the, the manager of your own universe. See, yet some of y'all acting like I'm not where you live, but y'all got to know who's talking to you. Like on my phone, I, my, my entire life is mapped out in my phone. It's, I, am the, I am the result 
of my mom, who is the ultimate list maker of the universe. And I learned at her feet. I have everything listed out. I can tell you what's going to happen tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. I can tell you what's going to happen at 9, 10 a.m. I can tell you what's going to happen at 9, 12 a.m. I can tell you what's going to happen at, at 9, 15 a.m. All the way through my day, every day of my week. But Jesus shows up and the only way that I can allow him to have the authority and the ability to bring wise counsel into my life and to produce peace in my life is I have to submit my resignation and say, I'm not the ruler of my own universe. I submit my resignation. I turn it in and I got, I got good news for you this morning. He will accept your resignation. Because he recognizes that he can provide what we need. We, he can provide what government provides. He provides order for our lives. He orders the steps of righteous men and women. He, he provides, uh, the, when, we, when we relinquish uh, authority and control, he provides government so, so that we have what we need. Our, our government must be overthrown to allow him to reign. The fact that he's able to produce these things is certain. I just need to testify this morning. I'm going to prove it to you out of scripture, but I just need to say it for myself. I just need to be one of the ones that testify this morning. I am certain of this fact. Jesus shows up and when we turn our lives over to him and overthrow the government of our life to him, he produces what he says he will produce. So if you feel like you, there, there's some rebels in here, I know you're, you're, you're all interested in overthrowing the government. If you want to overthrow a government this morning, let's start with yours. Yeah, because, because when you do, the results are certain. So, so going to go Scripture, what you discover is that, that uh, there's these promises made to us, but there are participation. If you want a participation trophy this morning, now's the time to get one. All right? Because we got to participate in the overthrow of the government. I want you to see what happens. David declares, he's testifying that, that God can do what he says he can do. But I want you to catch it. Don't miss it. We have a participation trophy at stake. We got to participate. Here it is. David testifies in Psalm chapter 55, verse 22. Here's what he says. Cast your burden. Okay, wait a minute. Cast your burden on the Lord is exactly what he says. Then he, he testifies and he says this. He says, and he shall sustain you. Okay, so the ability of God to sustain us, to produce what government's supposed to produce is, uh, is certain, unquestionable. It's always there. But there's a participation part of that. We must cast our cares on him. He said, well, that was David. Well, then Peter testifies of the same thing. Uh, the, he testifies of the governing ability of Jesus when he proclaims this. But listen, check out the participation. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, he says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due season or time. Here it is. Casting all your care upon him. For he cares for you. So Peter recognizes that it is certain. God, Jesus, will care for us when we cast our cares on him. Maybe Peter was saying to this, Jesus' care for us kicks in when we step to the plate and go, you know what, I'll give you all my cares. Okay, okay. 
All right, so Paul, Paul testifies of this. He, he recognizes that there's this exchange that takes place. And when we th- overthrow the government of our life, this exchange takes place. And, and then, then this Jesus was t- uh, prophesied as the Prince of Peace. He recognizes that when we participate, peace is produced. And so in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, Paul says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, here's the action part, present present your cares, your requests to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul recognizes that if this exchange is going to happen, then I have to literally take all the concerns and cares of my life that are driving me crazy during December especially, and I have to bring them to God and lay them at his feet. And when I allow this exchange to take place, guess what? Peace is produced. Well, you say, well, those guys, I don't know if I trust those guys. Well, then, then let's just go to the horse's mouth because Jesus talks about this too. Jesus himself, Jesus himself starts talking about this exchange. Uh, he, 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 he knows that he has the ability to shoulder what we can't shoulder. He recognizes that inside of him, because of who he is, he has this capacity to handle what we can't handle. And so now Jesus rolls up on the scene and he begins to implore to us. He literally almost pleads. It's like he's begging us. And he says this, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's an exchange. You go from burden to now finding rest. How do you get that when you come to him? Uh huh. And he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And it's an exchange. In other words, Jesus is begging us to unload on him. Some of y'all been unloading on some folks, but you've been unloading on the wrong folk. If you would ever learn to unload on Jesus, you would discover that an exchange exists in the, in the heavenlies and something takes place inside of us and all of a sudden now in place of chaos there is peace and inside of confusion there is direction because he is the wonderful counselor and all of a sudden you find that there's ability because he is the mighty God and all of a sudden you find out you're able to sleep at night because he's the prince of peace. It all is a result of the exchange when I come to him and I unload on him. One man said this, he said, this babe in the manger came to set us free from the terrible burden, and listen to this, and the inevitable failure of trying to run the universe. That's why at Christmas, one of the songs we sing, I never quite captured it like this before in my own spirit, but we sing it like this. We sing, the weary world rejoices. Y'all want to try to say that fast three times? The weary world rejoices. All right, the W's get mixed. The weary world rejoices. Why? Why is that phrase in the song? Because all of a sudden, the songwriter recognized that when Jesus arrives, he produces relief. Relief. If we are willing to make the exchange. Some of you have been unloading on everybody else. Here's the problem. They don't have the shoulders for it. 
But when we let him govern, govern our lives, when we overthrow the government of our own life, then what takes place is this. We meet him as wonderful counselor, prince of peace. When we let him turn things upside down and when we relinquish control, then what we, what we were meant to carry, here it is, here's the good news this morning, he carries. That's good. I can't get no help up in here this morning. I don't know what's wrong with y'all. Some of y'all stayed up late last night. I don't know. Were you watching Rudolph? What's the problem? I, I, I need you to recognize that when you unload on him what you thought you had to carry, you don't have to carry anymore. When, what we are incapable to bear, he bears. So Isaiah comes along and he prophesies what Jesus would be. He says, he will be strong enough. He will be powerful enough. He will be mighty enough. He will be sufficient enough to bear our burdens. Jesus flips everything upside down. And so when we allow him to govern and we discover this, catch this, if you don't catch anything else that, you, that, that I said this morning, I need you to catch this. Jesus does this. What was meant to bury he can carry. I want you to touch your neighbor right now and I want you to testify of this fact that what was meant to bury me, he can carry it. Tell him what was meant to bury, he can carry. Some of y'all feel like you're buried this morning, but he can carry it. He's got the shoulders for it. He's got the authority for it. He's got the anointing for it. He's got the strength for it. He's got the capacity for it. He's got the muscles for it. He's got the spiritual, I can do this. And we suffer and we, we struggle. He was built for this. He was birthed for this. So, some of you this morning, I, I sense it as we were worshiping. I sense it. It's funny what you sense up here sometimes. Sometimes we're up here worshiping and I sense everybody's just like pressing in. Everybody's pushing. Everybody's excited. Everybody's expecting. Everybody's in it, man. We're in it. Then other mornings I get up here and I have to question, is it just Steve or is it everybody? Are we all struggling a little bit? Did we walk in here with a little less than full expectation? Did we walk in here with a little weight on our shoulders that we should not be bearing? Uh, did we walk in here a little bit confused? Is there a little bit of chaos erupting in the world around us? Is there a little bit of lack of attention to the one that matters most? Simply because all week long, we've been trying to govern our own lives. And I just came to encourage you this morning that Jesus came on the scene to do more than just save your soul. He came on the scene to save your shoulders. You don't have to carry this by yourself. And I see some of you this morning and I sense it that you're stooped over in your spirit simply because your shoulders aren't strong enough for what you're facing. I recognize this morning that some of you are bent to the breaking point because you're trying to get, carry the burden of your government and you, the, your lack of ability and authority to turn chaos into peace, sickness into wholeness, hurt into health causes you now to be bent over and struggling. Why don't you allow Jesus to govern your life instead? Uh, 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 if you unload on him, what you find out is that peace is his policy. Peace is his policy. And I got good news this morning. Healing is in his west wing. I can't prove that scripturally. It just says that healing's in his wings, but I'm gonna pick his west wing because we think that's where all the power in it. So, so peace is, we, we wanna talk about all these policies today. Let me give you some policies. Peace, healing, joy, yeah, you're getting it now. 
Yeah, more than salvation, wholeness. Mental health. Say, how can, because he gives us the mind of Christ. Yeah. Relationships restored. Because he can cause the hearts of the sons to be turned back to the fathers and the hearts of the fathers to be turned back to the son. What is he? These are the policies that he has placed in place in his government. And, and so the only way we get access to that is we overthrow our government and we relinquish control. I have a question for you this morning in Christmas season. I need to ask you this question. I need you to ask this question in your own life this morning. If Jesus' burden is light, then why are you walking around with so much heaviness? Can I tell you the answer? You've still got your own government on your own shoulders. The only reason that I walk through life with a heavy burden and a heavy yoke and I'm bent over and stooped over and freaking out and stressed out, can't sleep at night, I ain't been able to sleep in a week and a half. I keep waking up. I don't know if it's because I'm old or just because I'm stressed out. Some of y'all haven't been able to sleep in months. It's got nothing to do with how old you are or the unnecessary trips to the bathroom. It's the fact that you can't quiet your spirit and your mind because you feel like you're responsible for all the solutions and all the answers and all the weight is on your shoulder. So you go to bed at night and your mind won't stop when the mind of Christ should be reigning and ruling up here. And so when it's time to sleep, you go, what? I can't do this by myself anyway. I can't, I don't have the answers for this anyway. I can't solve this. If he doesn't step in, then all of a sudden I can sleep at night. So my question is simply this, has the exchange taken place? Fight through the line, fight through the suspicious looks, fight through the inconvenience of it and get to the place where you get to the head of the line and you exchange your government for his government because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Well, if his burden is so light, why is you so heavy this morning? And I've sensed all week long, all week long, that people were gonna walk in here on this Sunday morning beat down, burdened, overcome with worry, afraid, anxious, unsure, no peace. And I knew I could stand up here this morning and give you this certain fact. Jesus arrived. Not so we'd just have a cool Christmas. Not so you could just walk down memory lane. Not just so we'd put some lights on a tree. No, Jesus arrived to take what was meant to bury you, to carry it for you instead. I need you to stand with me this morning. If you're weighed down with fear, if you're weighed down with pain, if you're weighed down with worry, if anxiety is overwhelming, if shame is overwhelming, if brokenness is overwhelming, if you're overcome with anger, if despair is set up in your life, if sickness is pressing on you, if stress is too much to bear this morning, then I can tell you, you need to unload on Him today. You absolutely must unload on Jesus. Well, I've told my spouse about it. They don't have the shoulders for it. I told my prayer partner about it. They don't have the shoulders for it. I told my counselor, 
He doesn't have the shoulders for it. The only one who has the shoulders necessary is Jesus. So we need to get to him. We need to get to him. You say, well, how are we gonna do this? If you walked into this house this morning, no suspicion. We're not gonna look at you funny. We're not gonna think less of you because I probably need to respond to this altar call right now myself. We're not gonna look at you like you're less than. We're just gonna understand that at least for the last week or so, you've been trying to rule your own life. You've tried to pick the government back up. I just think that we need to get to Jesus this morning and unload. Let's unload on him. So this is what we're gonna do. The worship team is gonna sing. I'm gonna open up these altars and I just want you to take just a few moments. Maybe it's a momentary stop for you. Maybe it's a 20 minute stop for you. I don't know. All I know is that some of us need to get to the front of the line and lay the government down and repent of trying to control our own lives and run a, I need some folks that will resign today. I resign from trying to do this all by myself. I'm going to unload on him because he's built for this. If that's you, would you step out? Find a place to pray. Quickly, would you move? Would you move? I've been trying to do this all by myself. Would you just find a place and get in front of Jesus? Kneel. Get in, Get into his presence. I'll be the first one in line. I need to get to him this morning. Come on, worship team. Will you sing? I need some prayer partners. I need some folks that have gotten to Jesus before to come and help me pray for those that are here this this morning, would you just begin to lay hands on those that are overtaken and overcome? It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 